Hello and good morning. No. And good morning to you. <laughs> it's not morning. I don't think it's morning anywhere unless it's no. the next day somewhere. But anyway, welcome to I got to I got to have like something that I say every time. On my old podcast I used to have I could close my eyes and say my lines in the beginning by heart, you know? So right, welcome right. Pop and Fashion Magazine, and I'm on the phone with my fabulous co-host, Grand Wizard Rashi. Is that how you say it, Rashi? Do you yes, say? Yes, how yes. do you know? How is the last? How do you? How do you say? Say it. <laughs> it's the it's the Grand Wizard Rashi. Rashi. Yes, so you, the, you do yes. pronounce Rashi, the N. with an N. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like it. You can't really hear that part. Okay, okay, so I was thinking, because we're actually waiting to interview someone, I was thinking that we would go into back into our series of my interviews on you. Okay. So the one thing that I, I mean, there's there's so many things that I want to talk about, but the one thing that, and also when you're, t- when you're talking, if you hear any dead space, keep talking. It's just, it's yeah. not going to pick up on anything on my end after a certain amount of time. So you don't have to be like, are you still there or whatever? Because I am okay, I still there. Just so, just, you. you know, just so you know. Um, but there's one one subject that I've been thinking about because we briefly went into it and it just seems like to me, it's such a big, a a deal. It's such a big deal. It's something that I would want to know more about. So you talked about having a radio show and you talked about it briefly. And I would like to more to know more because I'm intrigued. What I do know is that it was in 1980. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. It was 1980. In Philadelphia. Right. Yes, it was. So I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to go over what I know so far. And you played the old school um, rap tapes on your show. So I want to know more. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, it all started um, in the 80s. And this guy named Stone Mike that lived around the corner from me, um, he uh, had his radio station that he built. Mm -hmm. and And I had all the records and, you know, um, the break beats and whatnot. So he was like, "Why, well, she? Won't you come on over? You know, let's start this radio station." Mm-hmm. So I came on over, and um, I brought all my tapes that I had, like Cold Crush tapes, Funky Four. I had like all the tapes from New York, mm-hmm. you know, getting. So I played them over the air, mm-hmm. and um, we we basically went from. Let me see. We didn't reach the whole Philly. Because, you know, it was like a bootleg station. We reached mostly Southwest Philly and South Philly. And that was kind of a big area to hit. Mm-hmm. So while we was while we was um playing that, it was mostly disco mm-hmm. and folk out at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, here. so you're saying this was nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nineteen like the beginning of the year, nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. And disco and funk were still in. Mm-hmm. So Rap, rap was coming in, but it was it was kind of disco. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the rap was playing like um, Grandmaster Flash had a song out with the Furious Five, but they was called the New Generation at the time. They wasn't called Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was like one of the first records I had. I had um, 
I was playing Pump Me Up by Trouble Funk because Go-Go was out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we were playing Go-Go music, Trouble Funk, EU. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sugar Hill just came out. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were playing that. And Curtis uh, Love B. came out with his music, which had like the disco in the background, the kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. That's all the records had disco mm-hmm. in the background. You know what I mean? And um, uh, Curtis Bow, Lady B, um, Cool Kyle, Sun Star Child. There was a lot of them that they played in Philly. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how um, Philly got hip hop was when I started playing it on the um, radio. Mm-hmm. And then um, the people started taping the shows. They used to come to Southwest Philly to tape my show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and I was doing a lot of scratching and, and mixing on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they Philly really wasn't used to the scratching and mixing. Mm-hmm. Only ones that were used to it was the ones that had the tapes like I had. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was tapes. You know what I mean? And they, it was mostly Grandmaster Flash and Theodore. Mm-hmm. So the people who got the tapes, they was basically scratching that learned from those tapes. They um were scratching basically like Grandmaster Flash and uh, Theodore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I them and uh, mix the beats and you know just uh, f- Philly be- begin to um because I was on twenty four hours. Oh you know wow! I mean? mm-hmm. And then like I used to have this um I made I had a reel to reel, so I used to I used to leave the station. I put the reel to reel on and go walk around the neighborhood. He was listening, mm-hmm. and you know everybody had. Boom box out, <laughs> you know, boom box out, and everybody dancing and stuff. And back then, we had a dance called soul stepping, mm-hmm. a break dancing. Was out. I'm Not sorry, a- wait, you 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 faded out. Say that again. Break dancing was what? I said break dancing was not out in Philly yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dance the dance in Philly was called um, soul stepping or GQ. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like you know. You know what I mean? Because we hit all the same moves and whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh, everybody was dancing to that, you know, the break beats and, you know, which wasn't really break beats at the time. It was just disco music and funk. It became yeah. break beats later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Well, you know, Curtis Blow said in one of his interviews that the B-Boys started because everybody wanted to be like James Brown. <laughs> I thought that was such an intriguing thing for him to say. He said that's what everybody was. They were all competing, trying to be James Brown. <laughs> he said everybody wanted well, to be James Brown. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the same thing in Philly. But my group was basically we would I we used to tap dance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We added tap dancing, James Brown, Ginger Rogers, Fred is there. You know, we used to look at all those tapes mm-hmm. and added that to us. You know what I mean? And that's basically, like, when I was doing that, I used to do that with my mixing. I used to add those steps, uh, the, you know, the the, uh, the flipping and all that. I added right to my mixing. Mm-hmm. And and I used to scratch with it. And that's how I became, that's how I, I learned all those tricks that I'll be doing mm-hmm. with the head and the arms and all that. And the spins, mm-hmm. you know, that's basically how um, 
I guess turntablism came mm-hmm. because I was doing it. You know what I mean? So, now flashing them, they cutting, but they wasn't really doing the, the trick tricks like that. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they didn't do it all the time. I just, I just did it all the time. Mm-hmm. That was just my thing, tricks. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to ask you. So, oh, and so as far as to go back to the 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 show that you and your friend had, um. So I, I just love to have numbers and just ideas. I, I love to create a picture in my head when someone's telling me a story. So, and you, this was in the 80, early 80s. And so how long did, your, did you do the radio show? Did you do your program? Um, let me see. Let me see. From 80 to before the FCC came and cut us off. Let me see. From eighty, we for a good good four years. And so, in nineteen eighty, how old were you? Oh, see, you want me to give my age? Yeah, that's right. right. Well, look, I'll um, tell you if you tell yours, I might tell mine. I know how old I was in nineteen eighty. Well, I'll tell you how old I am now. How about that? Fifty nine. No, I'm fifty eight now. So that means in nineteen eighty, I was twenty. Wow. So you were young and you like, I got this radio. That's pretty cool. So what did you do for just again, digging into the story? What did you do at 20 years old? Well, maybe I did. Maybe you don't want to answer that. See, this is the thing. When you're a journalist, you're supposed to never, never be afraid to to answer, to ask questions when you're a journalist. I've just started recently thinking myself as a journalist, because I think that I ask pretty safe questions. And people are prepared for my questions, yeah. but there's some questions, you know, if people aren't prepared and, and they don't want to answer, then, you know, that's fine. Just say no. But, uh, oh, so, but were you working at a job when you were 20? Were you like at, working at McDonald's? Were you like hustling? No, mm-hmm. no I was, I, I just got out of college. Mm-hmm. I was in, look, I went to college in Langston University in Oklahoma, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, I did two. I did two years up there because my brother was a professor up there, so he was teaching. Mm. And um, and you know, so I went up there to school with him. Mm-hmm. So what happened? I did my two years up there. Mm-hmm. Now that's a whole different hip hop story. I will get to that later. Yeah, that's I a can whole see story. That. In itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a story within itself. But um, after I came out of college, I you know. I came home because I missed, I was homesick. Mm-hmm. And I've been there for two years in Oklahoma, seeing all that red dirt. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the only, I'm the only one in Philly. Nobody really knowing what I'm talking about up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I got all this. And also I was a tailor when I came home. So when I did my, I still had my dance group. So mm-hmm. I was on the air. And my dance group, we were still doing shows everywhere. Uh, we're franchise dancers, so um, I'll do my radio show, and then after I do my radio show, you know, I would come home and practice with my group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go do shows. There was a lot of um, parties. They was called block parties in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, also at around about the eighties in Philly, it was gang. It was a lot of gangs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know what I mean? So going to a block party was kind of dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you needed a, 
you needed you needed a lot of people with you when you go to these block parties. So we had at least 10, 15 people with us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to go do these shows. And, and you would um, do the tailoring of the clothes, which is another thing that yeah. that we could talk about. That's very interesting. So if I if I get yeah. so can you sew the a button on, that came off my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> can no, you? I can make I can make I can make everything from socks to hats mm-hmm. to coats. I can sew a button. That's about as far as I can go, and I can't cut straight. Doesn't matter if it's a piece of paper or material. So I was never cut out to be a tailor. I had to learn quite a bit about working with tailors when I went to fashion school because, you know, in theory, if they if I went on to become what you're supposed to become after getting that certification, then I'd be working with tailors, which I will never be working with tailors. But, yeah, I had to learn all about that. I I basically learned from my mom. My mom was a um, seamstress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Seamstress and um, everybody in Philly was making their own clothes. And I was like, Mom, please make my clothes for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I need me some pants. I need, they was called tailor made. So I was like, I need me some tailor made so I could dance. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, hey, my mom ain't going to make no pants, this, that. So what I did, I, I, I start, I took me a pair of pants because my mom had a lot of material. Mm-hmm. So I took I took me my own pair of pants. I, I tore them apart by the seam because I remember how she was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I made, a pattern. I made a pattern out of my, my own pants. <laughs> and I cut it out and I sewed it together and made a pair of pants. And once I did that, I started doing, I did my shirt like that. Then I did my coat. I, I did everything like that. Wow. You know what, I mean? what did she say? Well, I mean, she, she just, she just got mad at me for using the material. That's why. <laughs> but she didn't say, "Oh, that's pretty good," or nothing, huh? No, not really. At the first, first time, cause I was messing the material. You know what I mean? She was more concerned about her material being messed up. Yeah. How old were you? It was the. Let me see. Now that had to be. Look, that had to be before the eighties. When I was sewing, because yeah. I went to, she, she, sent me, she sent me to college to sew mm-hmm. because I was so good. I'm just yes. trying to picture it. How old you were? She's like, okay, now you know you're not supposed to be doing it. <laughs> That's cute. Let's see. I was in high school, so I must have been seventeen, or eighteen. Mm-hmm. Eighteen when I first started sewing. Mm-hmm. Because she sent me up there to Oklahoma to live with my brother. Um, uh, when I was in my last year of high school, twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. So when I was in twelfth grade, I was that's when I first went to Oklahoma, and I went to high school there. And then the high school that we had, it was it was um a school that you get all A's or all E's. Mm-hmm. Either pass or fail. Wow. I mean, it was one of those. So I got all A's and ended up going to um, Langston University. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, you know, they, um, I went to the uh, fashion thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, when I first went there, they didn't know how advanced I was in sewing. 
you know, so they was like, you know, our whole class, we're going to make one pair of pants for a year. And I was like, one pair of pants for a year? <laughs> a pair of pants in an hour. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. I, I was making suits for my whole um group at the time. I already did that already. Mm-hmm. Outfits, the whole thing. And I'm in a class where I got to make up one pair of pants for the year. Mm-hmm. So when I, I went to my dorm. I brought my sewing machine and stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Look, that's what I brought from um, Philly. I brought my, I have black BSRs. I brought my turntables and my mixer, and I brought my sewing machine to college. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Good, because obviously you needed something else to do, right? Between all that, there was not, wasn't that much of a challenge. Yeah, what else did they to do in Oklahoma, in the middle of Oklahoma? Oh my goodness, don't I know it. Well, I want to end this now. That's such a great, and there's another story because I don't know if you've seen my blog or my post about how, you know, I would, I'd like to do the statistics before I make like, well, I've already made the statement, but I just think that out of all of the modern rappers, and this doesn't have anything to say about their skills, their dedication, their level of success, what they can achieve, nothing to do. I'm not judging anybody. I'm talking about statistics. Statistically speaking, these days, a lot of the modern hip hop artists have not ever been to college, period. And they're not trying to go. And what I mean is, I mean, I mean the ones that are famous and that I mean all of the ones that are not famous. You understand what I'm saying? So when I go, when I go back and I'm again, you know, you know how that saying like you don't have to put people down to uplift someone. Like if I'm uplifting someone, it doesn't mean that I'm putting someone down. If someone feels bad about a statement that I make that's good about someone, then they feel a problem with themselves. You know what I mean? Because I could say, wow, this guy just gave me the greatest interview. That's not saying that, you know, I couldn't do a good one with you or the one with you wasn't good. You know, people, it's all about perspective. But, you know, what I'm saying is that it is a positive thing and it just happens to be something that I know that part of the statistic, as far as old school hip hop artists, um, DJs, producers, songwriters, uh, all of the thing, you know, MCs, all of the people in the past that did something monumental or have all these great stories to tell were there during the foundation. Every so many people went to college. <laughs> It's like nobody covers that story. So that's a huge story that I want to cover. And it's like you're one on my list. Like I've added you. I'm adding you to my list because it's absolutely true. Curtis Blow, where he was in college. So same thing with um, Run DMC and um, Russell Simmons and the yada, 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 everybody. You know what I mean? And it's just like it, nobody ever talks about that. That's how they met, like, like Fab Five Freddy all the college students, and all the people that he met and connected with each other because he was in college and he was in the college scene. So it just, yeah. you know, that just never gets mentioned. And so I just always thought that was interesting because like I said, on the other end of the coin, there are people, artists of today, and it's like, they not think about college. And then you get people that are like, no, they never they yeah. never went and they have like all these millions of dollars. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> no, you know, Hey, I don't want to focus on that story. That's not the story I want to, you know, that I'm interested in at all. 
But I'm just saying it's that ironicism that it never gets mentioned. And it's like, look at, and everybody always puts a rapper. They put, you know, the rapper in a box, just like they put the model in a box. Like she's this because she's a model. He's that way because he's a rapper, you know? And then it's like, hello, these people are educated, you know, not just talented. You don't have to have either or, but I'm saying to have talent and then to be educated. uh, I just think that that part should be mentioned as well. But what I want to do is thank you for this part of of our series of interviews. I want to make sure this gets to the recording process and let's get to the artist and get that done. I'm going to, I'm going to take like a five minute break here and then I'm going to contact him and then we'll get on the, the interview for him. Okay. All right. right, Yes. Thank you, David. And I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Okay. So again, I have to, I have to make sure I signal off correctly here. So hip hop and fashion magazine, publicist Diana Prince and co-host Grand Wizard. There you go. You just like came in clear. Okay. I'll talk to you in a minute. Ciao. All right. Peace.